The music business today is a fast train. If we want to ride, we have to keep up. Check out the second part of my interview with Rick Barker, one of the most trusted new artist mentors in the industry. Hello, this is Judy Rodman. You're listening to All Things Vocal Podcast. This is the audio version of the blog you can find at judyrodman.com. Okay, so I want you to debunk some thoughts that people have. All they need is the right manager and the right booking agents. I can't tell you how many people come in here with nothing, you know, learned, no ground business-wise plowed or anything. And they're asking me, do I know a good manager? Do I know a good, a good booking agent? Well, I did a whole podcast on this, just kind of explaining the fact that both of those jobs that you're looking for someone, those are commission-based jobs, which means they only make money if you're making money. So uh, if you, I always tease people whenever I speak, I'll go, I will say, raise your hand. Just, just quick question. How many of you did a hundred thousand dollars in your music business last year? Just kind of raise your hand (laughs) and I'll be in a room of 200 people and maybe one will raise their hand. I said, well, had you done that, I, as your manager would have only made $15,000. I can't support my family on $15,000. And that's why I started my business because what people don't understand is that most people don't need a manager because there's nothing to manage. They need advice and they need guidance and they need coaching. So I did a whole podcast explaining what my typical day was with Trent. Here's a kid. He has a major label today. And when I did the podcast, you'll laugh because you know I do a lot of my podcasts when I'm driving. It was 11.45 p.m. I was driving to the Hermitage Kroger to get in a Sprinter van, and that day my job as manager was also van driver, and we were going to drive six hours to Harlan, Kentucky to do the Poke Salad Festival, and when I get there, my job becomes merchandise person. You know, so it's like I explained to them a day, and I said, listen, most of you don't have that going on, and earlier in the day, before I went to sleep, I was dealing with his booking agent. I was talking with his record company. I was dealing with his band. I was, you know, there was a lot going on. So when they hear that, I say, you're not quite ready for that yet, but you can't afford to pay. A booking agent as well is that if you don't have a kick butt show yet, a booking agent's job's not to make you a better performer. They're to take a better performer and help get them gigs. Right. So, and they only make 10%. So, if you're, if I say, hey, how many of you are getting $1,000 per show? Most people don't raise their hand. I said, well, had you gotten $1,000 for the show, your booking agent would have got 100 Your manager would have gotten 150 So now you're down to 750 And then your business manager, see, they want these, I'm saying you want all this stuff, but you don't understand. It starts dwindling your pot. So in the beginning, you are going to be your own manager. You're going to be your own booking agent. It doesn't mean that you should not go out and educate yourself. It's like Tiger Woods, the best golfer in the world. First thing he did when he was having problems with his swing is he calls a swing coach. You're like, but wait a minute. He's the best player in the world. Doesn't matter. He needs someone to help him, to guide him to instruct him, then he can go out and do this. So an artist is ready for a manager. I always say when you're ready, a good manager will find you and a good booking agent will find you because there'll be a buzz. So go create a buzz 
first. Don't think a manager or a booking agent is going to create that buzz for you. You know, this is so important because one of the core enemies that I think uh, a really great artist has, you know, they're sensitive and, and they've got a lot of feelers out and all that. The danger is falling into bitterness or despair. And sure. you understand this, you know, and you think of the equation as win-win. How can I make the other person win? Well, that's where I can be valuable to them. Right. And that's where then I can, you know, I can ask them for help because it will help them if they help me kind of thing. If they think of it that way, then they're going to stay out of the weeds of uh, nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I think I'll go eat worms, you know, so. And then I say go. You know, because we don't want that type of bitter person here anyway. You know, it's like, I don't baby people. I tell people that this is a cutthroat business. Yeah. You know, it's a cutthroat business. And if you have, you know, soft skin and you can't take critique, you're, you're not right for this. But, and, and we'll move on. I'll just tell you, if you do, this, do the math, let's say that you're a country artist and you want a major label deal. Let's say there's 10 artists and they have 10 people. That's only a hundred people in the world yeah. that are getting a chance. Do you want to sit around and wait for those people to get dropped for them to find you? No, because now they won't find you. You have to do the work ahead of time. So they go out and say, okay, who's this person that's out there? I mean, when, when Florida Georgia line got signed, they had been told no by everyone. They went out and did their own thing. And then all these labels were tripping over themselves to sign them. And when they got signed to Republic, Martina McBride got let go, Sonny Sweeney got let go, and Florida Georgia Line moved to the top of the line, you know, and that's kind of leads into another question you and I talked about it, is where in a music career should someone try for a major or major indie label? I don't think you should try for anything. I think if you're trying, if you're doing music to get signed to a label, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Great advice. Really great advice. Those are byproducts of doing stuff right. So I say go out and do things right, and then you have an option whether you want to become a partner with a major or a major indie label. Uh, you know, Macklemore, Ryan Lewis, perfect example. They went out and did it themselves, and then they went and became a partner and signed a joint deal just utilizing the label for some of the label services, like they wanted better distribution, they wanted to really have an impact in Europe, so on and so forth. And that wasn't your typical, and I'll just use this for simple math, it wasn't your typical 80-20 deal where 80 went to the record company, 20 went to them. It was more of a true partnership. Uh, the same thing with Chance the Rapper. You know, yeah. Chance owns all his own stuff. He's not signed to a record company. He uses a record company and parts of their services. There's a big difference in label services being versus signed to a label. When you sign to a label, you are an employee. Yeah, and many and times that's people, what uh, happens is it's like no labels, by the way, let's clear this myth up. There is not a single label in the world that I'm aware of that is now signing artists just to shelf them to keep them from competing with their other artists. We are in a singles game right now. Ah. So the reason that an artist may end up being shelved is maybe someone saw them, liked them, signed them, thought they were really further along than what they were and they weren't, and there was no rush to get them out. Uh -huh. You want, you don't want to get signed when there's no buzz because then you're at the mercy of someone else trying to create it for you, and that's not what the record companies do well. That's uh -huh. not what radio does well, and that's the game you play when you get signed is now it's the radio game. Go build your own buzz 
and we will find you. But no one's just going to sign you to shelf you. That's, they don't have enough money, enough time, enough, enough care in the world because they've got their own artists they need to focus on, much less why grab somebody else to, it doesn't make any sense. And it's just, a, it's just an artist's way of making an excuse for not being good enough when they're like, well, I just don't want to get shelved. Yeah, gotcha. You know what? That's like benching the best player on your team. You know, you don't bench the best player on your team. If they can win you games, you put them in the game. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to get in the weeds a little bit and stuff that you know about. We know that social networking is incredibly important besides playing live for people in person to gain that fan base that everything's dependent on. Uh, but, oh, my gosh, Rick, are you sick of Twitter feeds as I am? You know, it just really depends. It's it's like the answer for me is no. And I'll tell you why is because if I was told every day, Rick, you have the ability to put your message and go converse with your clients and your potential clients. I mean, how can I get upset about that? How can I get tired of that? You know, it's like I use Twitter. I don't sit around and look at Twitter all day. I don't sit around and look at Instagram all day. I don't sit around and look at Facebook all day. What I do is I use those platforms to go provide value to folks that hopefully will come into my world. But I don't spend all day looking at my feed. I don't have time. But it's not about me. It's about what can I provide to someone else's feed that brings value. Right. And that's the same thing as an artist. If everything that shows up in a fan's feed is vote for me, do for me, buy for me, look at me, it's like, you know what? Screw you. We don't like our friends that just talk about themselves all the time. But if you're using it as a way to communicate and build rapport, I think social media is the most powerful tool in the world. Nobody's bigger than the internet. It's not going anywhere. So it's up to you. It's free. It's free real estate to go out and build relationships. Now, people will say, oh, Facebook cut my reach. It wasn't your reach. It was (laughs) Facebook's reach. And you got it for free. And all Facebook says is if your people that subscribe to your page don't show engagement with you, we're not going to waste that valuable real estate in that space showing them stuff they've proven they haven't engaged with. So it's not Facebook's fault that people aren't seeing your stuff. It's your fault that people aren't seeing your stuff because you haven't given them anything to want to see. So I love the fact that Facebook's cleaned up my feed. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think that the important thing is, is that we have to keep putting value, just saying, see my show, buy my record and stuff like that without any personal information. And you need to treat Twitter and Facebook, I think, like if you're talking to a friend, like what thing would you say to your friend? Well, and that's how when I sit down, I don't sit down and say, okay, I'm going to write the best marketing piece ever today. I'm like, wait, how can I best serve these folks today? What is it that I can put in their hands that can make their lives easier? That's how I look at it. What's an example of something an artist could do for their fan that would be like that? What would be a typical cool tweet? How about good morning? (laughs) What are you doing today? Wow. I mean, a Trent will sit down. He'll take a picture of a cup of coffee in his Bible because that's what he does every morning. And he'll say, what's your morning ritual? You know what people love to do more than anything? Give their opinion. <laughs> Answer questions about themselves. Wow. But when your question is, watch my whole entire three and a half minute long video and tell me what your thoughts are. It's like, you know what? We might not be there in our relationship yet. You know, when yeah. we're scrolling down people's feeds, 
We're going to look for things that are 15 seconds, 20 seconds. If we know the person and every time we watch their videos, we laugh and it's a minute, we'll click on it. But if we see a complete stranger and it's just watch this video and tell me what, give me your feedback. I would love to know what you think. I don't have time right now. We're not there in our relationship yet. So asking questions about the other person, uh, polls are really good. You know, if you're a female artist and you've got two pairs of shoes, take a picture of both, put them up there and it says tonight's the night, white or red. They're going to tell you hat or no hat. Another one that does really well. Finally have a weekend off. Anyone suggest a good movie? Oh man, that's great. That's They'll so tell you. They'll talk to you and then go on and ask them after the movie. Say, oh, my gosh, you guys told me to check out, you know, Jurassic World. I loved it. Who freaked out? Now you're in a conversation oh, with yeah. your fans. And if you do that in a Facebook Live and come back and say, okay, now let's talk about that movie we just saw and the one that you guys recommended. And if Facebook sees all this activity going on while you're asking them questions because – because they're not physically talking back to you, the only way for them to talk to you is through the comments. Facebook says, wow, there's a lot of people yep. commenting during this live video. Let's go show it to someone else. Yeah. Well, the easiest way is to ask simple questions. Did you guys get scared when this happened? Yes, no. Well, uh, that, the algorithm just sees a bunch of activity. They don't see what the people are writing. That's great, Rick. All right. Well, I know we've, you've got some places to go here, so I'm going to wrap it up by asking you uh, to tell us about the courses and services that you offer to teach people this incredible stuff, which we've just sort of peeled a tiny piece of the sure. off of. Um, yeah. No, I mean, if anybody's heard this and says, wow, this guy semi sounds like he knows what he's talking about, head over to my website, rickbarker.com. And let's start our relationship with me giving you a free copy of my book. Uh, it's called The $150,000 Music Degree. Wade Sutton and myself uh, each put about 10 different blogs in there. We cover a whole bunch of stuff. While you're there, you can also click on a link to go listen to my podcast. And you'll find out more about my programs and stuff there. But before we talk that, let me earn the right to take this to the next level. You know, it's like, sure, I'd love to come on here and sell you stuff. I have it. I just don't know that we're there yet. So if you listen to this podcast, you enjoyed what we had to say, go grab a book, you know, follow me on socials at Rick Barker music is where you'll find me on Twitter and Instagram, you know, send me a message, tag Judy, you know, so I know that she came from you and, you know, I would love to go into that next step if you see fit in our relationship. And when the time is right, you know, if you want to spend a couple bucks, I've got a great program called the fan base blueprint which teaches you how to set up your business properly, register your music properly, yeah. teaches you how to set up your social, teaches you how to teach socials. It's less than a hundred bucks. It's less than a vocal lesson and wow. it's lifetime and we make updates to it. But let's get there. You go get the book, the free stuff first, if this other stuff makes sense. And I want to answer another one of your questions real quick. Okay. You asked how important do you think billboard radio stations are? Yeah. They're very important at the major label level. They're not important if you're not there because it's a very expensive game. Right. So don't get suckered into spending a boatload of money if you're an independent artist trying to compete with the major labels because you cannot outspend them. And remember, where do people consume their music now? On their phones. Make sure that you've got a Spotify playlist that you curate with your favorite songs, slipping your own originals in there as well. 
make sure you have a SoundCloud profile. And the dumbest thing that an artist has been asking me lately is, can I get them verified on Instagram? No, just because I'm verified on all three platforms, I don't know how to get you verified. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for getting to that one. I sent Rick some questions that I thought about asking, and you're covering a couple more. Well, it sounds like you are practicing what you're preaching, too. I try. I try. Yeah. Rick, you've given us so much actionable information, people. This is free stuff for you. And I can tell you, I've bought uh, a couple of Rick programs myself and have worked with people that he's working with. Uh, I highly recommend that you go check that website out exactly as he's saying. Rick, thank you. I can't thank you enough for being with us. You're welcome, my dear. And I look forward to seeing you soon. Okay. Again, you can find Rick at rickbarker.com. This is Judy Rodman, and you can find me at judyrodman.com. If you've enjoyed this interview, please leave me a review. That helps so much. See you next time for the next episode of All Things Vocal, the podcast for singers, speakers, vocal coaches, and studio producers.